The poaching has begun. We already knew about Mike McDaniel getting hired as offensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins, but he's bringing folks with him. Who else will the 49ers lose? Some vacancies on the 49ers staff, a big name that could uh, be coming to the 49ers coaching staff. And what about Nick Bosa and comeback player of the year? And oh yeah, Debo Samuel tells us why the 49ers lost in the NFC championship game. All of that coming up on this episode of Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you on this Thursday night. If you're watching on YouTube, Friday morning, if you're driving to work edition of Locked On 49ers at BB Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Get your questions in for next week when we dip into the mailbag. Uh, We're going to make our predictions for Super Bowl 56 as well on today's show. But I'm tired of talking about the Super Bowl that does not feature the San Francisco 49ers. You know what else, Croc? does not feature the San Francisco 49ers, the comeback player of the year award. Not surprising it goes to Joe Burrow. He's a quarterback. His team's in the Super Bowl right now. He tore his ACL and was out all last year and came back and had a really nice season. So I get it. He deserves it. Joe Burrow is comeback player of the year. Here's what I do not get and what I do not agree with. Only three players got votes for comeback player of the year. Joe Burrow got 28 votes. He won pl- comeback player of the year. Dak Prescott was second. He got 21 of the votes. And Derwin James of the Chargers got one vote. All fine players, all nice comebacks there. Nick Bosa got zero votes for comeback player of the year. Nick Bosa surely deserves it more than Derwin James and probably deserves it more than Dak Prescott. I know Dak Prescott's a quarterback, but we just saw... Dak Prescott's Cowboys scored 17 points. Nick Bosa gets zero votes for comeback player of the year. Come on. That's a travesty, Crock. Yeah. My disrespect going his way right now. Uh, wasn't selected to the all-pro team. Actually, Mad Max got over him. And Mad Max, Max Crosby, Oakland Raider, had a terrific season. I just didn't think it was better than Nick Bosa's season. <laughs> so the fact that Nick Bosa not only didn't get first-team all-pro, but he didn't get second-team all-pro, that was very interesting. And then now we'll come back player of the year where I think most people are like, oh, man, it's going to be between Nick Bosa and Dak Prescott. And then obviously Joe Burrow surges down the stretch, has a tremendous year. Of course, give him the award. But zero votes from Nick Bosa. Just, you know, a little disrespect. And maybe, I don't know, I want to say that he's going to use it as some fuel. But he doesn't He doesn't take me as a person that, like, gets upset. He probably just looked at us like, I don't care. You know, I think I the fuel for Nick Bosa is that there's a quarterback like seven yards away from him. That's his fuel. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to get that quarterback. So uh, he, he's a self-motivated individual, and I think Nick Bosa is going to come back even better next year, and that's going to be scary for uh, opposing offenses for sure. Wes Welker is now the Miami Dolphins wide receivers coach. So Mike McDaniels plucks a coach, at least one. I'm sure there's going to be more getting plucked away from the San Francisco 49ers. Wes Welker going back to Miami. He spent time with the Dolphins in the NFL. It was actually his second team. He was undrafted, signed as a free agent in 2004, I think it was, by the San Diego Chargers. They cut him after one game. He made the team undrafted out of camp. That's the hard part. They cut him. They cut him after the first week. He's kind with the Dolphins, and he had a nice little couple of years with the Dolphins and then went from there as a free agent to 
the, the New England Patriots and the rest. He was a good return man too. I think a lot of yeah, people forget that. He was back then was like a little small return guy and then really blew up when he moved over. Oh wait, I didn't even think about this before. Nick Saban was Nick Saban there? So there was the Nick Saban connection with Belichick. I wonder that if that's why Welker went from Miami to New England. I wonder I if I know. That was interesting. And then went from New England to Denver, right? Denver. Yep. So that played was with some pretty good quarterbacks. He played with some great quarterbacks. Yeah. And played with some good coaches and played on some really good teams in, 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 uh, in most of those spots, at least in, in new England and uh, in Denver. So Wes Welker is now the wide receivers coach for the Miami dolphins. The Niners have some holes in the coaching staff croc. They still don't have a special teams coordinator. Their offensive coordinator was gone. It, it, we don't know what the official title other than assistant head coach is for Anthony Lynn, probably my guess is something like run game coordinator. So it will line up to, to kind of how things were before. So that's not a huge deal. I don't think uh, croc. I mean, I don't know how, how much, how much do you think Mike McDaniel had to do with Kyle Shanahan's offense? I, I think a lot because I, I just feel like a lot of people are mentioning him when it comes to the run schemes. And maybe it's just because Kyle said, you know what, I'm going to delegate the run game to you. You've been under me. You know exactly how I think. You know exactly how I want things. I can't focus on that. I have a team to focus on. So be in charge of everything that I've taught you. And if that's the case, then, you know, there shouldn't be a drop-off. But uh, he's taking some guys with him. And I think that kind of speaks volumes to some people who are questioning, hey, is he going to be a leader? Well, I think you've seen a guy like Wes Welker make a lateral move. You go from being receiver coach in the 49ers to being the receiver coach for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think that says, you know, a lot about maybe McDaniel and how people view him as a leader and a coach. A few other names that don't get uh, big time press as it pertains to 49ers coaches. Did I mention John Embry? We've talked about it before, but the Niners also need a, a tight ends coach because John Embry um left for oh he's on the Dolphins staff as well now yeah John Embry's on the Dolphins staff so we already got picked up by Mike McDaniel there so uh, a couple I thought of he was going to the Chicago Bears. Bears or did he just I wonder if he bailed because it's listed here this is from Cam Inman has a list of staff departures and he has John Embry listed as the Dolphins but yeah I thought oh no it was Hightower went to the Bears special teams coordinator okay yeah yeah, yeah. Hightower went okay. to the Bears so uh, John Embry was just like fired or remember they asked him to take a pay cut and, and he was gone, but it looks like he did land with the Dolphins as well. Um, Butch Berry has become the Broncos offensive line coach. And so I think Butch Berry was the assistant offensive line coach behind Chris Forrester for the 49ers. And somebody named Zach Yenser, who I did not even know was on the 49ers coaching staff, is now offensive line coach for the University of Kentucky. So they've lost multiple people on that staff question now for you croc any names on the 49ers coaching staff do you think because i mean kyle shanahan has done such a good job of this he's kind of running out of coaches that he's coached with because all those guys are getting all these other jobs around the league he can't just go back to the well every time of guys he's coached with anymore he's gonna have to come up with his own coaches now and he does he has started a stream of younger coaches one guy leonard hankerson he's been offensive quality control coach on the 49ers he was a former wide receiver under shanahan in washington and in atlanta Leonard Hangerson, what do you think? The next wide receivers coach for the San Francisco 49ers? I, I love having guys that have been there, done that, and Hankerson, maybe a guy who, you know, was a, a solid football player, you know, solid, but had to, I don't want to call him an overachiever. You know, he was good. I believe he came from Miami, if I'm not Miami. mistaken. Uh oh, he, ooh, Miami. 
could McDaniel go back? To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'd want to go back to, to live in Miami. Um, yeah. Well, he was with the Miami Dolphins. So he was a pretty big prospect. I mean, Miami uh, Hurricanes. Hurricanes, right. He was a pretty big prospect, though, right? He was like 6'2". I think he was like a second-round pick, right? So, but he kind of, so. But he wasn't super fast or anything. Right. I remember Those are the best coaches. Down. Yeah. Those are the best coaches that have to, like, really work on all the, like, intricate aspects of becoming a good football player. And they know exactly how they – you know, it worked for them and different things. And they, hey, I wish I had this or I wish I was able to do that. And they could teach it better. And that's part of the reason why I've done very well as, as a trainer because I wasn't the most athletic cornerback. I had to really understand technique and things like that. I had to learn that along the way. I think Hagerson could probably help with that. So, uh, you know, he's been, he, he, he's, he's been around, obviously, Kyle Shanahan in multiple stops, uh, Washington football team or Washington commanders, excuse me. Uh, also Atlanta Falcons. So, yeah, that, I think that's a good guy to kind of bump up. And, and a lot of people make a big deal out of position coaches. I don't I don't know. Their, their main job is to get you ready for the actual game. So as long as they can, you know, the, most of the drills are universal. You know, like there's only so many pre uh, – they call them uh, – they call them uh, uh, indies. Excuse me. They call them indies. There's only so many indies you could do or EDDs. Uh, you know, most of it is how can you get the guys prepared from a mental standpoint of understanding what Kyle Shanahan wants from them and get them ready on the field. So yeah, I think him being sure around that, Shanahan for so many years, he'll be able to do that. Making sure they're taking thing from, things from the coaches' meetings and, and telling the players what they need to know about, you know, route depth and things like that, right? Is, yeah. That's is what a wide receiver's coach is doing out there during the week. Yeah. People think it's a lot of developing. Uh, I mean – it is, but more from a mental standpoint than it is actually like anything physical. Another name on the current staff that you pointed out to me and I didn't realize, Matthew Harper, who's assistant special teams coordinator or assistant right. special teams coach, whatever. Uh, Matthew Harper, he was assistant wide receivers coach with the Eagles. So a couple of avenues there. I wonder, wonder if wide receivers coach could be a, an up. A, a, he could get the bump to wide receivers coach. Maybe he gets the bump all the way to special teams coordinator. I don't know. But uh, a young coach on the San Francisco 49ers, Matthew Harper, to look out for. Um, I can actually – I can send a text message. I can find out. Could you? <laughs> I can find out what's going on with that. Your sources to work, Croc. Let's I know, right? He's going to get the bump see. on this staff. There is uh, Clay Kubiak, who is the son of um, – of, Kubiak, what what's what's his name? Kubiak from the from the Broncos. Uh Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak's son, Clay Kubiak, is defensive quality control coach, but I think he's more of an offensive guy. I know Kyle Shanahan likes his coaches to to cross train sometimes and do a little defense quality control or offense quality control, even if they end up coaching the other side of the ball, uh, especially offensive guys coaching the defensive side. And I think Kyle did that as well one year when he was an assistant coach. So um Maybe Clay Kubiak is the guy who's in line to get a bump. I have a dark horse name that would be an interesting addition to the staff. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's um, but it's a name I want to throw out there who is part of now the Kyle Shanahan tree, I think, and, and even a little bit of the Mike Shanahan tree. And another big-name coach that could be on his way to the 49ers. In fact, in Santa Clara Thursday, from what I understand. And Debo... Tells us why the 49ers lost the NFC Championship game coming up. But first, I got to talk about Get Upside. If you guys don't know about the Get Upside app, 
you need to know because you get free money just for going and doing what you are already going to do, which is get gas. You get cash back for every gallon of gas every time you fill up with the Get Upside app. Super easy. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. I mean, some people are making you think about how much some people drive and how much they commute. Think about you're getting 25 cents back per gallon. How, how, how quickly would that add up? I mean, hundreds of dollars per year, right? For some folks, if they were using the get upside app. So, uh, super easy, no catch your, your money goes right into your get upside account. You can take it out and, and cash out to your bank account. You can cash out to PayPal. You can get an e-gift card an Amazon card, whatever you want. Just download the free get upside app. Use promo code touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code touchdown with the get upside app. Super bowl props, croc super bowl props at bet online. We're talking the color of Gatorade that's going to get doused on the winning coach. We're talking about which player or coach shows up first on the TV camera. We're talking about props about um, if the, if, if whoever's doing the national anthem forgets a word, I mean, you can find props on anything, let alone score and yards and player props. There's so much out there. My favorite prop, by the way, Jamar chase over, I think it was like three and a half rushing yards. He's going to touch the ball in a lot of different ways. Screens, they're going to hand it to him. Jamar Chase, rushing yards over if you can find it. Uh, I would put money on that one. And you can find tons of props at betonline.net. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just about football. BetOnline is up to the minute. Info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online where the game starts. All right, Croc. Max McCaffrey. Do you remember Max McCaffrey? I do. He was with the 49ers a couple of years. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey's brother, older yeah. brother, I believe. Uh, is he older brother? Maybe. I think so. Yeah, they're pretty close. I mean, Ed McCaffrey, prolific. He's got like nine kids. They're all over the place. Some of them are still playing college football. He's got Christian McCaffrey, obviously, in the NFL. Ed McCaffrey himself is the head coach of uh, North University of Northern Colorado, by the way. And Max McCaffrey, after he left the NFL, so the, Max McCaffrey, he bounced around in a couple of years really quickly. He was with the Niners in camp. I think he stuck on the practice squad all year, got activated for a game or two at the end of one season, then was cut loose. But Max McCaffrey started out in on John Gruden's. Uh, Raiders for training camp. Uh, he was on the Jaguars for a while. He was with Sean Payton for a short time on the practice squad in New Orleans and then was on the Niners for a while. He was with Matt LaFleur in Green Bay for a short time. So he bounced around a lot, but he got to work with a lot of great coaches and he got to work with some coaches in the Shanahan tree and his dad, Ed McCaffrey, they run at Northern Colorado, the Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, Shanahan system. That's what they run there, right? Uh, a pared down version. But what I didn't know, I heard Ed McCaffrey on Radio Row talking about his coaching staff and talking about being a head coach at Northern Colorado. And if he wanted to head to the NFL, would Ed McCaffrey be a good addition to the 49ers staff? I don't know. But a dark horse would be the new offensive coordinator for the University of Northern Colorado, Ed's son, Max McCaffrey. And they're wow. running that system. And 
he's a Shanahan tree guy. So wide receivers coach, maybe Max McCaffrey. Maybe it's time to bring a McCaffrey to the 49ers organization and have Max come back and stick for a while because Ed worked out for a little while. Um, I know a lot of people want Christian McCaffrey to be a 49er. Maybe that could happen someday uh, if he makes a lot less money, uh, if he ends up getting cut or something by uh, the, the the Panthers. I don't think you could be paying. How about this, by the way? Dark Horse, Max McCaffrey. That was my point. And that, that's what happens, too, when you play in a bunch of different systems and schemes and under different guys and and really get different, you know, playing under LaFleur, under Shanahan, and seeing different ways to kind of run a similar scheme, then you mm-hmm. got to put your you get to put your own sauce on all that yeah. and uh, be your own coordinator and do things how you feel like you should do it. And, and uh, I think that's pretty cool. So there was talk uh, a while back about maybe the Panthers would be willing to trade Chris McCaffrey. I, I don't think you would want any part of that contract, and uh, I, I have no doubt Kyle Shanahan would love Chris McCaffrey. And then there's a new rumor this week that I don't know if it's real, but people are throwing Saquon Barkley out there to the 49ers as a potential landing spot. That one doesn't make sense to me either, but I wanted to throw that one out at you because we've been talking about some of the rumors, whether it's Rodgers, whether it's Brady, and um, – I mean, folks got to get better about their rumors because some of these don't make a lot of sense. Saquon Barkley to the Niners, does that one pass the sniff test to you at all, Croc? I, I, well, one, he's kind of been a shell of himself, and I think his name has more bark than bite at this point. You know, maybe people could say, well, wasn't a good scheme fit. I mean, I would say he might not be a good scheme fit for Kyle Shanahan. He's one that kind of dances around it. Isn't that the big issue everybody had with Trey Sermon? Oh, he doesn't just hit the holes. He wants to bounce around. He wants to do this and that and the other. I feel like Saquon was that guy. Now, special talent. But how much have the injuries kind of slowed him down and made him more of an average guy? I don't know. You know, I don't know. But I know from the outside looking in, I think, you know, we look at the name Saquon. I, I don't know if he's quite what we think he is in theory. Maybe he is. Could just be bad in New York. But running backs, we know how downhill. They go fast. Go fast downhill. Yeah, I don't like it at all. The cost. The, the cost to bring him in, you're fine at running back. You're not screwing around with, with Saquon Barkley. Un- what would it cost, though? I mean, he's, he's, he's all he's banged up. He's hurt. He's he, He's been a shell of himself. He hasn't been very good. He doesn't want to pass protect. Like, what would he cost? Well, if he was cut and you could just sign him, then that's one thing. But you've got to trade for him. I don't know how much the trade compensation would be, but he was also the number two pick in the draft, so he's not going to be cheap. And he's going to be getting close right. to that fifth-year option. So he's going to become a free agent. If he blows up and has a huge year in the Shanahan system, then you got to pay him big running back money too. So it's almost a double-edged sword. Even if he's good, you wouldn't want to bring him in because then you got to pay him. And that's kind of the thing you don't want to do. Right. So um, that's why it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But we're kind of burying the lead, Croc. How about this from Ben Albright, who... Uh, does radio in the uh, Denver area, KOA, and he's a sourced up guy and he's always got a lot of good information. Apparently, one Vic Fangio was in Santa Clara meeting with John Lynch Thursday. The 49ers already have a defensive coordinator, but we saw Anthony Lynn get hired before Mike McDaniel get, gets hired, right? You see... Kyle Shanahan bring in Chris Forrester before he loses his offensive line coach, right? Was it um, John John Benton? Who was the offensive line coach before Forrester? Blanking uh, on it right now. But Kyle Shanahan's good at, at pulling in coaches. Kyle Shanahan could be sitting here thinking, look, we don't have the obvious heir to D'Amico Ryans like D'Amico was for Robert Sala. We don't have that obvious heir in-house. 
And we're tired of getting our defensive coordinators stolen away. I think Vic Fangio's done with being a head coach in the NFL. I think that was his one and only shot he'll ever get. And at some point, it was I was kind of surprised that he was going to finally get a shot to be head coach. So why not bring in a guy who Albright says could, since he's still actually getting paid because uh, from his head coach contract, he's still getting paid next year by the Broncos. He could come in, be a consultant for a year, then D'Amico Ryans gets that head coach job. Vic Fangio jumps in, and you finally have some stability of a long-term, really, really good defensive coordinator. How about that? I mean, that's forward thinking, and that's almost the most ideal situation you could think of for the 49ers post-D'Amico Ryans if they're able to bring in Vic Fangio. So uh, I love this one. Yeah, and a lot of 49er fans would love that as well. And to kind of take you back to the glory days, and they were really good. And And, you know, looking at this roster, I think – it would have to get set up to where it fits some of the things he want to do. Cause if I remember correctly, he ran a three, four defense right now, the 49ers are better suited to be a four, three guy, unless they all of a sudden want to make, uh, uh, Nick Bosa, no, uh, a, a standing three, four outside linebacker. Right. And he stands uh, up sometimes and they move him around. So, and look, once it's nickel is the new base. Once it's a nickel three, four, four, three, doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Right. Um, but, Vic Fangio is a really good coach, and I'm sure he could run a four-man front personnel group on yeah, defense you'll just figure fine it out. or figure out some way to to combine those two things. So I love it. Yeah. yeah that, I think that would be ideal, you know, and, and kind of ease the minds of people. Yeah, he would be around this year in 2022 as a consultant and and help out the team defensively and also learn the personnel, learn what the 49ers are doing. It would be a seamless transition for him to jump in. He'd already been around the team next year as defensive coordinator. I mean, it's pretty much the ideal situation. And according to Albright, he's got other offers, as you would expect, to be defensive coordinator. He should be probably the number one on most uh, most new coaches' lists who are looking for a defensive Does he want a job right now, though? Because that would the, – the, the money, right? Exactly. He's still getting paid to be a head coach. If he goes and be his, is a coordinator somewhere – isn't there kind of some kind of offset? And it's right. like, so nah, that's dude. the offset thing. If you go get a new job as defensive coordinator, then you don't get that money that you were getting as head coach of the Broncos. But if you just take a little backseat consultant role, take a semi year off, but you're working and it, it, uh, it must not affect the offsets apparently, according to this report. So I love that. Yeah. Take some time off and be a consultant. Yeah, Vic. Fangio. Consult on some things. And Kyle's been really good with finding the next, you know, legit coach or at least putting guys in position to, you know, show at least they could be that. Uh, it would be nice to say, you know what, Fangio, you tested your luck as a head coach, but uh, maybe you're just better suited to be a coordinator. Now, go yeah. ahead. You can move into your own home and be the defensive coordinator for Kyle Shanahan for the next 10 years. Yeah. Hope he didn't sell his house when he was in the area before. And, and Kyle's running out of coaches he used to coach with. So he's got to start <laughs> right. looking at some, some of his ex-players, you know, Hankerson, McCaffrey, some of those types of guys, or just go to the well and just find really good coaches around the league that maybe he did not coach with in the past. So um, I'm not super worried about tight ends coach, special teams coordinator. We'll find out what those names are. Croc is going to send out some texts, and we'll see if we can report back on Monday post-Super Bowl with some of those things um next Debo Samuels Debo's had some good quotes this week but Debo Samuel talks about why the 49ers lost the NFC championship game to the Rams who were playing in the Super Bowl Sunday 
Folks, this time of year, most of you have given up on those New Year's resolutions. I keep telling the story because I, I told you in January, all you had to do to keep that resolution going is make Built Bar part of your plan. I did that, and that's why my resolution's still going. You could start a, 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 a late winter resolution. If, if your January did not stay on track for you, just make Built Bar a part of that plan because you will enjoy eating them and they are good for you. And by the way, have you tried the puff flavors of Built Bars? They're delicious. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. And they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, just like all Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate, low in calories, low in sugar, but 17 grams of protein in most Built Bars, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar. Compare that to 250 calories of a candy bar with 30 grams of sugar in it. So get rid of all those bad snacks. Replace those with Built Bars. Tons of flavors, new flavors coming all the time at Built.com. Or get a Built Box if you're not sure what flavor of Built Bar will be your favorite. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Debo making his rounds at Radio Row. He's all over it. We talked about his quotes about Jimmy. Why everyone loves Jimmy. Playing through pain, right? Yesterday. Uh, Today, did he kind of... (laughs) Did he diss Jimmy? Did Did he... you t- you 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 uh, sent me the, the clip. Tell me the quote yeah. of what did Debo Samuel today about why the 49ers lost the NFC Championship game? I wonder if he's been speaking so much. I know you asked me for the quote, but I wonder if he's just been speaking so much that sometimes he forgets what he's not supposed to say. <laughs> and then like he's probably catching himself, but then it's live and he can't fix it. And it's just like, uh, did I just say that? The reason why we lost is because they forced us to throw the ball, even though I just said how much uh, and how great Jimmy Garoppolo is and how much we win with him. But am I saying that he's not the reason we win? I think that's what he said. It's yeah, it's um, it was a very interesting quote because two said they came in with a good game plan. Yeah, they forced, he said they came they in put with the guys in the box. Mm-hmm. They they put a lot of guys in the box. They they had a good game plan. They wanted to stop the run. I knew the 49ers won the run. They were forcing the 49ers to have to win throwing the ball, and they couldn't do it. Basically, that's what he said. Yeah. And 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 I he's correct about that too, right? Like that we gave that, and some of the listeners got mad at us. We gave Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, a game ball after that game. Like it was obvious they had a good plan against the 49ers. So Debo's 100% right. But hearing him the day after he was just talking about and talking up Jimmy G and how much they love him and playing through pain and, and all of that. Um, and then saying that the Rams made him throw the ball and that's why they couldn't beat him. So, I mean, interesting. Just an interesting quote and, and truthful on Debo's part. And I don't think he's actually crushing the offense that much. I think everybody knew. I mean, we know that's correct, but just hearing him say that was kind of interesting. I think essentially what he's saying is they made us do something or play a style of football that we don't want to play. I, I think our thing would be, well, why don't you want to play that style of football? And and that's what is kind of being glossed over in a lot of his comments on Jimmy Garoppolo and how terrific of a football player he is. And and I think it's more so Jimmy Garoppolo, the person and 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 the wins that he's defending as opposed to what everyone is seeing with their eyes 
which is a quarterback that is pretty kind of so-so. And the Rams proved that. And I mean, that, the crazy thing is that that's what we were saying, right? So everybody gets mad when you talk about Jimmy. But our thing was, hey, if I'm a team and I've been from the 49ers, I want to stash, stack the box and make Jimmy have to beat you with his arm. Like, I, I don't even think that's like, uh, like anything that people should be shocked about hearing. But clearly they are because they put so much of the wins on Jimmy Garoppolo. But when you say, hey, this is what y'all should do to beat him, and then the team does it, and then his running back or receiver comes out and says, well, they wanted to stop the run. They knew this is what we'd do. They made us throw, and we couldn't win that way. It's like, of course. Speaking of Jimmy G, last thing here, Croc, that I want to get into today, oh, aside from our predictions in the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo. When do you think a Jimmy Garoppolo trade will happen? Do you think everything – do you think we're going to have to wait a long time? Do you think everything has to play out? Because Aaron Rodgers still hasn't done his thing and made his decision. And I'm sure teams, if they have an opportunity to maybe trade for Aaron Rodgers, they would rather do that than trade for Jimmy. Or maybe they would already know it's going to cost too much. They don't want to go down that road. Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson. There's some quarterbacks that teams would want more and at least want to have a conversation about what that would cost and talk to the GMs of those respective teams before they made an offer for Jimmy G. So do we have to wait for all this to play out first? Will it be months before Jimmy's traded? Because... Remember last year, the the Stafford announcement happened in January. It was like the week before the Senior Bowl, I think, even, um, that, that that trade was consummated between the Lions and the Rams, even though it couldn't be official until the new league year starts in the middle of March, March 15th or whatever. So, uh, like, theoretically, the 49ers could agree to terms on a Jimmy G trade today. It, like, it could, be, it could have happened already. And that's what happened with Alex Smith, right? It was agreed the uh, trade, a trade was agreed upon well before the new league year, maybe yeah, a month or two so. before the new league yeah. year, and then it was, it was just made official once the new league year hit. So, will a team say, "Well, look, we can get in front of this thing, make the 49ers an offer, and get Jimmy G, and maybe those other quarterbacks don't become available at all, or and and we can get our plan going because teams want to make their plan. They're trying to get ready for free agency. They need to make a plan yeah. for the draft. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do with their their off season. They don't want to wait that long, I would assume. But if they have a chance to get Russell Wilson, they would probably do that. If they have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, they'd probably rather do that. And if they maybe are waiting on some legal things to figure themselves out with with uh, Deshaun Watson, maybe they would rather do that too. So. Uh, I wonder how long it's going to take with Jimmy Garoppolo. Will a team get in front of this thing so they're not left with nothing? Because if Rodgers doesn't become available, if Wilson doesn't become available, and if you're not comfortable with what's going on with Deshaun Watson, then your best option might be Jimmy G. And if somebody already traded for him, now you got nothing. So uh, it's going to be fascinating how teams decide to go about that. But I get a feeling it's it might take a little while with Jimmy G because some other bigger bigger dominoes have to either fall or it has to be put out there that they're staying put and they're not available at all. Yeah. And I think a big part of it, a big domino, is going to be what happens with Deshaun Watson and his legal situations. And the sooner that gets worked out, I think the sooner the other dominoes start to fall because I think there are going to be a lot of teams interested in Deshaun Watson if this whole thing plays out in his can't see if you're listening to the podcast, but I'm doing air quotes, but in his favor, <laughs> whatever that means. I mean, this is a terrible situation. Uh, very, situation. very weird. And very I, I weird. some teams probably wouldn't even want to go down that road at all. Some teams might be just waiting to find out. Uh, uh, 
don't know. I mean, listen, yeah, I think it, it sounds bad, but we saw what is it, the, the you know Robert Kraft going to a thing. Now, again, this is different. It's a different situation because he's going into the place like, and they know what he's going in there for, but there might be people that are like, oh man, I do that all the time. <laughs> you know, like not in the sense of watching, right. not, not yeah. like that, what he's being claimed to do, but maybe what he was thinking going into there, not what actually happened to people crying and all kind of weird, eh, really weird. 50 masseuse. Like it's he's that's whole thing is very weird. That's it's creepy. The whole Deshaun Watson story is creepy no matter what, no matter how you slice it legally. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has that. They, they have, they have masseuse for you. When I was with the jets, you go into the thing and there's like, there's masseuse for you. You don't have to go anywhere. And he's bringing people in and 50 of them and 40, or he had to go and say, Hey, listen, look at these 40 ones. They, they don't have any issues with me. Like, why do you have 40 masseuses? Like that, that, yeah, that whole thing is very weird. What if you're the masseuse, the team masseuse for the Patriots, and then wa Robert Kraft walks downstairs in a robe? You're like, wait a second. <laughs> you in the right place, Robert? Oh, um, so, look, you know what's crazy is if this stuff didn't come out about Deshaun Watson last January. He'd probably be a 49er. He might be a 49er. What if, it, what if they did the trade, then the story broke? Oh, oh That would have been insane. That would have been the worst move of all time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so the Niners kind of dodged a bullet there timing-wise because the story all broke before that stuff uh, happened, before the Niners got ready to pull the trigger on a well, big Yeah, trade. they didn't want to trade him. So that's why, I mean, not to say that they outed him, but I, I think the Texans knew what was about to happen, and they didn't want to trade him. They were like, ah, oh, he ain't going nowhere. And then that whole thing happened. You're, they didn't have to trade him. If you're Deshaun Watson, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to – you wouldn't want out if you knew that story was going to break, though, would you? You'd be like, oh, please don't, because that, that might be your only situation. Like, I don't know. That, that yeah, the whole time, yeah. it's so weird. That well, whole, well, the whole deal. Like, Deshaun Watson is knows this story is going to break and is asking to get traded on top of it. Does that mean that the team knew and they were going to reprimand him and he didn't like that? They weren't standing behind him? Yeah, I don't know, man. Technically, he could have played. I mean, yeah, that's true, right? He could have played this year, huh? Weird, weird situation. Anyway, I don't know. The 49ers don't have to worry about Deshaun Watson uh, now or or really ever again because they went and, and made a different move and, and got their guy. Unless they play, for, unless he gets somehow traded to the Seahawks somehow. And some, and then all of a sudden you got to worry about him two times a year. If that was the trade, Russell Wilson ended up somewhere, three-team deal, and Watson goes to Seattle. That's about the only way I could see Seattle coming out with a as good or better quarterback because I've heard stories about Seahawks would be willing to get offers, but they're looking for quarterbacks they would get back. And it's like, well, if you're trying to get a quarterback back that's a veteran, why are you trading Russell Wilson in the first place? It doesn't make any sense. Like, well, you don't want to blow, be it up, blow it up or go win with Russell Wilson. No, no in between makes any sense for the Seahawks. Croc, who you got in the Super Bowl? Super Bowl 56. It's Rams and Bengals. Uh, the the line has moved a little bit. It was four. It was the Rams favored by four. It's four and a half. Bangle, or four and a half. It's creeped toward the Bengals at three and a half now. But man, doing the preview with Williamson for Friday's show. And right after 
right after two Sundays ago, right after Championship Sunday, I was all about the Bengals. I was like, ah, something special with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. I'm, I'm taking that those points. I'm taking the Bengals for sure. Then the more I look at this game and I look at the matchups and I look offense versus defense, defense versus offense, uh, man, on paper, the Rams, the Rams look like they got to win this game. How do you see this one going? Because the, the closer to the game time it is, and the more I look into the game, the more confident I am that the Rams are going to win this week. Yeah, my, my gut says Rams. And I hate that. My heart says Bengals. Like It's like, please, Bengals win. But yeah, my gut says Rams. So because I'm rooting against the Rams, I, there's just something about them. And some of their fans that came out and just like are boasting, like the way they're, oh, we own the 49ers. Like, dude, y'all been getting your ass kicked. And then all of a sudden you guys win one. And so I don't, that, that whole dynamic, I hope they get their ass kicked. I don't see it happening. I see the uh, Rams winning. But uh, you won't see me putting money on this because I'm definitely wearing a <laughs> Bengals jersey on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of 49ers fans are Bengals fans. Go Bengals in Super Bowl 56. Um, I feel like the Rams got this one, though. I feel like the Rams are going to win this one. But I wouldn't fault you if you put a little little money hey, on listen. Them. They got they, some magic. They got some. They got some. some there's something extra that you can't really quantify with Joe Burrow. And uh, it, it is... I don't want to put him because he's he's in his second year, right? He he gets comparisons to Brady and Joe Montana because of of certain aspects of his game and, and the way he carries himself and some of those things. And I get it, but you got to go win one before you even start talking about those kind of conversations. You got to win one first. I don't know if he's got that much magic up his sleeve. I don't know if he's the the next Joe Montana, the next Tom Brady, or anything like that. But there is something a little bit special about what's going on with this Bengals team. Yeah, and I mean they just beat. The Kansas City Chiefs, and it wasn't an easy one, but it showed some grit, showed some, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just some relentlessness, some resiliency. And, you know, you can hold a, an explosive team like that down, then you definitely could do it again. I think the difference is the, the Rams just have a few more special players on defense that can just really mess some stuff up. But uh, you, you never know. I like the Bengals. I like the, I, I like the Bengals. I, I hope they win. They have a chance. See, uh, this this hurts the 49ers fans even more as the Niners were 3-0 and against these two teams in the regular season this year. But seeing those games and seeing the Rams and seeing the Bengals, we've seen them multiple times now, the Rams and the Bengals, it's going to be close, right? Because the, the games against those teams were close, and I just feel like it's a closely matched game. So I, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be some fireworks, and I think they're going to both be throwing the ball a lot in the second half, and, and that'll be fun for everybody. Yeah, take the over. Yeah, can you? The Bengals' offensive line is not going to block the Rams' D line. That's that's what really gets me. And then your best weapon on offense, Jamar Chase. You got Jalen Ramsey on the other side. Can you nullify that somewhat? And they you know, got other two receivers. They got two other good receivers: Higgins, Boyd. Yeah. They're explosive. It sounds the, like the tight end is going to play. You got you got Joe Mixon. They got some guys. Let, let's say Ramsey erases most of Jamar Chase. You still have on the other side. You have. T. Higgins, who's 6'4", against Demarius Randall, who's what, 5'10", 180, right? <laughs> so I kind of like that matchup. Just throw it up to T. Higgins, right? Um, and yeah, there, there's, a, there, there's a lot of other talent on the Bengals, so it's not just the Jamar Chase. P. Ryan? Yeah. It's going to be fun. Super Bowl 56. Croc and I will have our thoughts on it and uh, see if there's any angles that it pertains to the 49ers on Monday's show. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day here on Locked On 49ers for your second listen. Check out Croc doing 
the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm talking about the entire NFL with Matt Williamson on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show coming at you daily right here on the network. Locked On Bets, if you want to find some, some fun props to bet on for Super Bowl 56, check out Q Myers hosting Locked On Bets. Your team, no matter the sport, is covered right here on the network. Croc and I back Monday right here. Locked On 49ers.